Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The X-Files is aflame. Years upon years of hard investigatory work. Agents putting themselves on the line. Gone up in smoke. Even the poster a representation of how we want to believe our guiding edict reduced to mere simpers, a relic of how that edict has passed us by. But the emotional toll of what Mulder and Scully experienced certainly wouldn't have been as bad if they had been insured through this week's sponsor of the Bloom Files, Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Truth is out there. And here, who knows? Either way, we are opening up the Bloom Files here on Post Show Recaps, an X-Files first watch slash rewatch podcast. Hello, everybody. Mike Bloom here looking over the simbers and the <laughs> decay uh-huh. of the X-Files, not the Bloom Files. R.I.P. the X-Files, or I guess the first form of the X-Files. We'll talk about it. But first, so happy to be here with my co-host. You don't have to read my mind to know how much I love her. My wife, Angela Bloom. Hi. <laughs> what was that delay? Sorry. Were you were reading my mind. I was reading your mind. I was giving you signals from space. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, sorry I wasn't so receptive to them. Um. Yeah, sorry you weren't either. <laughs> that sounds so passive. <laughs> I'm so sorry you weren't receptive yeah. to my, si- my space signals. I'm so sorry. So this is this is an interesting episode. Yeah, this is a weird one because this was supposed to be the end of the entire series. I would assume that the name sort of implies that, yeah. right? So what their thoughts were when they did this was we're going to end the series and we're going to push it into a movie franchise. Really? Yes. So, Why? I mean, what? Who's to say? Well, I, I do. I work in Hollywood. I don't. Well, no. I think actually, I think that makes sense given their mentality. Now, I feel like nowadays yeah. that would not be the case, right? Because no. I feel like TV 
has become bigger than movies, that it would be almost the opposite. Yeah. But I can understand at that point in time of like, nobody's watching the boob tube. Everyone's mm-hmm. watching big pictures. Let's make this into a movie franchise. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Backtrack. The boob tube? The boob tube. You know, the tubes with all the boobs. <laughs> I almost just whipped right past that because I'm so used to you just saying absurd things. Well, I think we have so much Fox programming on this episode that I think it makes sense well, to call it the boob tube. Yes, and so the... Uh, issue that they found was that the series proved to be much more profitable for Fox than it would be as a movie franchise. So that's why it ended up not ending. Did they say, so was this like always a plan from Chris Carter's perspective to have it run five seasons? Or you know, was I it- don't think so. I, I mean, I think that he probably just kind of like went with the flow there, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, not sure. Well, because I know that, and it's actually going to segue beautifully into our opening scene here, because I I do believe, though, despite the fact that they're going to keep going on this series, I think we're saying bye-bye to Vancouver as the filming we location, are, right? Yes. Although they will go back to Vancouver in, I think, think, season 10, but... Okay, in the reboot? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, but that's that's the end of an era, though, right? Back to L.A. Yeah, that's that's weird. They've gone Hollywood in a They've manner of speaking. They've gone Hollywood, truly. So, well, I, I'm intrigued. Was it a budget thing? Was it, like, the network wanting to have them closer to home why did they move to la why do you think i know because (laughs) i'm not an expert on the makings of television just the watchings of it you know and maybe it's something like i don't know maybe it's like david duchovny yeah probably i want to be closer to home yeah maybe i mean also it's like probably contract negotiation stuff Mm. like that they just you know made a movie i don't know it'll probably like multiple things added to this decision overall because obviously we're going to get into the movie next week is this episode the prologue to the movie or is it more so like we are clearing the deck to start again with the movie a little bit of both so it is the prologue to the movie because they do talk a lot about the x-files being you know shut Shut down down. and all that sort of stuff you also are introduced to diana fowley who will be a character like throughout the rest of the series really yeah uh i won't go into that too much yeah that's interesting we'll talk about that why do you introduce a character halfway through your series well this is gonna be a big character well they didn't know it was gonna be halfway through the series they thought it was just gonna be a character yeah and then you know they also um you know have a lot of loose ends that they end up tying in the in the film so there's a lot of things that like our questions are opened up here a lot of stuff with gibson Mm -hmm. as well for like the future oh is that kid coming back He's coming back, and then he's also coming back. I think in the in a future episode, in maybe I forget what series, what episode. Uh, sorry, what season it is, but he's like much older, and he's like preteen puberty. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Do you know if he's played by this? No, really, it's the same guy. It's okay, because I really like this kid actor. Actually, yeah, no, it's the same kid, and I forget what uh, season he comes back in, but he's like basically in puberty at, at that time oh, of it's course like, i mean i feel so bad for him <laughs> yeah just catching him at like the yeah. most awkward stages of his life yeah well this is interesting then so let's send off vancouver here and it is interesting because you know they filmed everything basically in vancouver but i think for the episodes we've watched this is the first time that they actually have had mm-hmm. an episode take place in vancouver i'm assuming this is maybe like their love letter to it right being like we're actually going to take have an episode take place here. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. And the stadium is packed for a chess match. Mm-hmm, it is packed. <laughs> do, you, do you think, it's, is this a hot ticket item? I think for some people it might so be. Apparently to fill an entire like monster truck thing, stadium. Yeah, and I would say the thing that I, the issue I had, not the issue, but the, the thing that I forgot about this episode was how in, entrenched it was in the 
in the chess scene. Hey, I mean, listen, I know Cigarette Smoking Man's not attending, but he might as well have been because, like, dude is obsessed with chess metaphors. Yes, it was a lot of metaphors. I mean, this is the Queen's Gambit prologue, it seems. Yeah. So we have a chess match here between a Russian guy and this kid. It's going to turn out to be Gibson. Yes. So we see this shooter guy in the catwalk, and I, we were both like, who is this guy? I initially thought it was Jonathan Price, but actually, upon further research, this is the blood-sucking lawyer from Jurassic Park. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I did no research. I said to myself, he looks familiar. Yeah, some white bald guy. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. The guy who dies in the toilet. Yes, exactly. Who then, who was like rafting spoiler alert. to find John Hammond. No, spoiler alert. For, everyone will go see Jurassic Park. It's an incredible I film. kidding. I Plus, he's a blood-sucking a lawyer. He's got to die at some point from a catharsis perspective. You can't say things like he was a blood-sucking lawyer on this episode or on this show. I guess so, because he's not he, a vampire. He could theoretically be a blood-sucking lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, well, he he's not impervious to bullets. We will know that true, later on. True, true. So we see a little bit of Gibson's ability here. Like, he starts to hear mm-hmm. garbled voices in his head, which is interesting. I thought it was like something was being broadcast mm. to him, but I guess it's more so like we're just getting a peek into his head and all the voices he's listening yeah, to. Yeah, and later he describes it as multiple radio stations playing at once. Oh, what a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> Prior to the days of satellite radio and your, your knob would get stuck between two stations. Well, yeah, and I think he's just saying that it's basically like hearing a radio station, then another one, then another one, mm-hmm. all layered on top of each other, so it becomes very distracting. But for him, he likes chess because it's people aren't thinking, you know, they're just... There's, or, no, there's no double talk going There's no on. double talk. They're, yeah, not, they're, they're not saying what they're not thinking. Yeah, so his issue with the, the human race, basically, <laughs> is that we are talking, but simultaneously have an inner monologue. And that's extremely confusing for him. (laughs) So, and especially from like a kid perspective. Yeah, he's like, I don't understand why people don't say what they think. Yeah, because that very much is sort of like the naive child mentality. Like, well, why is it this way? (laughs) We're we're getting there with... with A little bit. He's trying to figure out some rationale. Uh, In general, superpowers, would you want to be able to read minds? I don't think so. I agree. I, I think it's something that if you ask me in a, a quick second reaction, like, yes, I think, oh, it'd be cool. But at the same time, you need to have that off switch. Yeah. I think for me, it would, when I think it might alleviate my anxiety, I think it actually might heighten it. Well, yeah, because like, it's if you can hear voices, you'd have to learn to control that. And also, I think ignorance is bliss from a certain perspective. Truly. Like, when we find out what people are truly thinking. Yeah, uh, I don't no, want to know how evil my friends are. What women want was a cautionary tale. Oh, what a terrible movie that was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go to, let's keep in Canada, I suppose, right? Because mm-hmm. we actually saw at the end of our last week's podcast, it's actually a beautiful segue, despite this being like five episodes later, yeah. right? The reveal that Crycheck, or no, the reveal that Cigarette Smoking Man, Man hiding out in the Yukon or whatever snowy Canada, and he has been snitched on. He's been found yep. out here. Yep. Do they? I mean, do they ever reveal in another episode like how they found him? No, uh, okay. no, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe. they, tra- maybe they fa- traced his mail. Someone or something. will tell me if I'm wrong there, but like, I don't think it was. They that put important. the pressure on that little kid that had to trudge exactly, through the snow. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so they bring in the goon squad. These two guys parachute in with like ski masks and guns, mm-hmm. and Super Smoky Man's trudging out in his PJs. And it turns out that one of the guys who is now working with the syndicate and is trying to bring Cigarette Smoky Man in is Crycheck. Yep. 
He's gone back. He's yeah. a flip-flopper if there ever was one. Oh, absolutely. Again, this is why I think I'm fine with the, the amount of crycheck we've seen so far. Because, again, I think I would get tired of the constant flipping back and forth. Yeah, no, there's so much more crycheck in this series, and I just, like, can. <laughs> I cannot. Fitzy also pointed out to me that Krychek does the weird thing, right, where he, like, pulls off the mask yes. before pointing the gun. I'm not sure why you do that necessarily. No, and there was probably, like, a discussion of it, too, like, beats, like, for the actor. And he was probably like, yeah, I'm going to pull the mask off first. And they yeah. were like, whatever, dude, just do it. You'd think, like, such a merciless, uh, you know, assassin or uh, criminal. Ad- I guess he wanted him to see him. Like I guess that. so. And he wasn't going to kill him. No. He's just more so saying, like, hey, come on back. Maybe he felt like he was a trusting face. Yeah, I guess. So again, Krychek is far from a trusting no, face. he's the worst. So Mulder is going to find Skinner in his office. One of the final times we're going to be seeing the X-Files office. Well, y- yes and no. It gets fixed. Um, but Skinner is going to ask Mulder basically like, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird question. <laughs> it's, an, it's an odd Especially thing. for Skinner to ask, because it seems like for from my perspective, Skinner doesn't really care. Exactly. Like It's odd for Skinner to show some interest here maybe i don't know it's an odd episode he's showing he's like he's showing his cards a little bit because i think that for skinner he does actually care but like he in the workplace environment is very like um sterile in the way that Mm -hmm. he interacts with everybody because he tries to keep it profesh um yeah yeah and i think as well i think maybe he unfortunately jinxes things by being like wow this is a really nice office you have here be a shame if something happened to it yeah it like basically says that um but no no so in the meantime though skinner is going to again i think showing a bit of his hand tip off molder yes this that, is right uh, yeah our new bff jeffrey spender another like ugh character in my book is uh ma- is being is the head of this investigation against what happened in the cold open mm-hmm. he said that apparently he has only been like appointed the head of this through someone outside the bureau aka his daddy his daddy yeah well he'll confirm nepotism it, he'll confirm it later on but like I had pretty much assumed that. Yeah. So basically, Cigarette Smoking Man has put Jeffrey Spender on this case, and Spender's like, no, absolutely not. GTFO to Mulder. Yeah. But Mulder still. <laughs> but he comes into the meeting anyway and is a total dick. Well, because Skinner tells Mulder, like, hey, just so you know, this thing is going on and uh, you're not invited, but you're yeah. kind of invited by me when my, you know, my word supersedes mm-hmm. Jeffrey Spender. So. Well, and I mean, if they're trying to investigate a shooting and they're, you know, like Mulder is really good at that. Yeah, like, like he, he's a good agent. He's a criminal profiler. Yeah, like he's just because he's in s- spooky and insane doesn't mean he's still not good at his job. Though again, he's not spooky here as much as he is like. Well, I, he has a little bit. He right? is doing the thing, the Molder thing, <laughs> where he likes to like be extra spooky for effect. Right, because he's in this room with agents. Right, they're watching the footage, and Mulder. He says, loves to say shit like that. Pulls out, you know, this is a Bruder film. He's like, if you notice in this one frame, the kid's pushing himself back because he detects that the bullet's coming, otherwise he would have been hit. I mean, it actually is a good flag. Like, yeah. it's a very good flag that he, you know, like, sees that. And even later, Diana Fowley's like, um, yeah, no, like, you did you did a good job. Well, let's talk about Diana Fowley, because here she speaks ah, up. Ah, Diana. In this episode, I am so not sure what to think of her, other than, like, I have to jump to the natural conclusion that she was brought in as the third point of a possible love triangle. Yes, no, of course. She's brought in as tension because... It's an old fling of molders. They haven't ever done that before. They're yeah. trying to move into the movie side of things. They're trying to make it like, 
you know, somebody is coming up on Scully's turf. Like, how's Scully going to react? Yeah, they really hamper in on that, right? Yeah. When we meet Gibson yeah. later on, he's like, oh, one woman likes you and one woman yes. is feeling bad about the other woman or something like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, you'll see her a couple times more. I mean, she's a character throughout the series, like, not the series, I guess, but like, especially when, um, you know, a lot of this stuff happens between Scully and Mulder. Um, she does die at some point. Oh. Not to like give too much away. I mean, you definitely did. Everyone dies. Um, <laughs> but I don't remember anything about her really. I mean, it's, she's just, I remember her being kind of annoying because it was very clear what they were trying to do there. Yeah. I, I mean, even just down to the name. Like yeah. Dana Scully, Diana Fowley. Mm-hmm. They're basically like, oh, okay, I'm creating a new version of the X-Files, but I can't use the name Dana Scully. Yeah. Uh, let me do Diana Fowley. Yeah, no, totally. And they also, I mean, she, the actress is pretty good. I like her. I believe the actress, I think Spencer pointed this out to us. I believe, is she, I think she's Tom Cruise's first wife. That seems right. She looks really familiar. I don't know what she's been in or whatever, but, um, you know, she looks really familiar. Yeah. So before. Oh, she is the agent in Austin Powers, the original Austin Powers. She's. Oh, she's the original. She's the mom. She's what's her face's mom. Yeah. She's not Vanessa's Kensington. She's her mom. Yes. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Got it. There we go. Cha-ching. Perfect. I didn't need. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So she's the one who like showed up in the. The one in the. Yeah. They're like the younger. Yeah. When we see when that first scene in the 60s. Yes. 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 She's his partner in the 60s. And then what's her face's mom in the. Yeah. uh, Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley's mom. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. Now it all. Now it's all all these nineties movies. People just coming in here. Anyway, she's supposedly, and we learn this out later, a fling of molars who also is like involved in parapsychology as well. Yeah. So they were like, they discovered the X-Files together, I guess. Or she was there when he discovered the X-Files and like was, she is a very big interest in it, but was one of the, You know, she didn't stick with it. She was like, I gotta go, like, live my life. And, like, I don't, you know, if this is gonna be that fruitful. So let me get into other areas. (laughs) So, meanwhile, we've got another reunion going on. Oh, yeah. The Secret Smoky Man is back with the syndicate. I don't know if he's back with the syndicate, but he's meeting with the syndicate. Yeah, basically throughout this entire episode, the attitude behind the scenes is, I don't like you, and you don't like me. But but we gotta work together. Yeah, we're good. I mean, the Cigarette Smoky Man basically comes in, and he has such bravado, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, uh, well... You tried to kill me, and you couldn't. So, like, I'm basically immortal at this yeah. point. What are you going to do about yeah. it? Yeah. Um. So he and the well-manicured man are basically talking about how there's this thing with Gibson, and they want his help, the cigarette yeah. smoking man. Essentially, yeah. So that's that's essentially what his job is going to be this episode, is to mm-hmm. be the one behind the kidnapping of Gibson. Speaking of Gibson, let's go visit him in this sort of, like, institution I, listen, I'll be completely candid. I was more so concentrating on the episode of The Simpsons that he was watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me be completely frank about that. Uh, it was the episode, I believe it's called The Cartridge Family, in which uh, Homer purchases a gun, uh, thinking that it'll keep his family safer, and it causes quite a bit of a conflict in the household. So, yes, I was admittedly paying a lot more attention to that. <laughs> yeah, not great. But, um, I mean... At least it's not Baywatch. Yes, true. Very true. Yeah, and so Gibson Gibson is a really fun character. I think the kid does a great job of being Yeah, the actor's amazing. Super deadpan, super sassy in particular. And that I think comes with this like precocious nature. Mm-hmm. For some reason, uh I was reminded a lot of Simon Birch. 
Oh, Simon Birch. So Simon Birch was a was a film that is burned into my memory. <laughs> it's a story about like a kid who is small for his age. I think he had something going it, on. That sounds it. familiar. Yeah. The, the reason why it's burned into my memory is because there's like one very specific memory. I think I've told you about this before. There's a moment in the movie where he has a crush on his best friend's mom uh. and he hits like the winning run at a little league game and the ball smacks the mom in the head and she dies. What? <laughs> I don't think you've ever told me this story. I feel but... like maybe it's you or I forget. Or maybe you or Josh. I've had this conversation with about. Yeah, for some reason that's like my formative memory of the uh, Simon Birch movie. That and also and baseball. He, well, and also he he ends up dying because he saved like a bus full of children crashes into a frozen hmm. lake. And he, I, this all rings a bell. And he's but small enough to crawl through yes, the hole. I remember like, the back that. door of the bus, but he like gets you know hypothermia and dies afterwards. Uh, yeah, all of this is ringing a bell but I can't say it's something that I would want to watch again. Yeah, I can't remember. I think he's played by Jonathan Lipnicki, who this is probably who Gibson Morso reminds you of is like that kid from Jerry Maguire, right? Yes, you know, the human yes. head weighs however many pounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I love him. He's great. He's great. And I think he's he's a perfect response again to like the Mulder deadpan, especially mm-hmm. him responding about Mulder's cheapo chess computer. <laughs> yeah. I also think it is. Um, so he's an expert at chess. He's like a master. Yeah. But that's because he can read minds. That's like cheating. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit uh, of just like he knows what will happen next. Yeah. So he can plan. Yeah. That's true, and and again, because unless because the the point, I think the the expertise at playing chess is anticipating your partner's being moves. able to look like three steps ahead, and if yeah. someone's thinking, okay, I'll do this, then this, then this, you'll know, and then you can cut them off at the pass. Yeah, I guess so. I I think part of that is also like planning against. There's it some as well. there's some ambiguity as to the morality of his playing. Yeah, chess. I mean, I think it's it's also like meeting them halfway. Though, like, yes, you can know what they're doing, but you yeah. also have to have strategies. It's like you can in employ. the Incredibles, when the middle child has to wants to play wants to be on the track team yeah but can't because he runs fast and that's like morally ambiguous for him to do that because that's cheating i love these you're invoking the incredibles i'm invoking simon birch i think one is infinitely more popular than yeah. the other one and that of course is simon birch uh-huh uh, so basically you know there's a there's a lot of to do around here we see scully and fowler fowley scully and fowley oh god they're so similar yeah. starting to like dance around things and scully's gonna scully here and be like mind readers this is a ludicrous idea yeah and fowley's like don't listen to him moldy I trust in you. I'm believing you all along. Yeah, she's like playing both sides. She's like, I'm conservative, but also I'm just going to tell Mulder whatever he wants to hear because I kind of still think he's cute. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Spender's also giving it to Mulder, right? Being like, what the hell are you mm-hmm. doing? You're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. He Stop bes- jeopardizing yeah. my ex- my investigation. Well, because he goes to visit the shooter in prison. Mulder. Yeah. He goes to visit the lawyer. Blood sucking lawyer. lawyer. And... He basically like tells him he can give him immunity in exchange for testimony. Um, but like he hasn't, does he even have the right to do that? So he's going to later ask, I think, permission he, from Skinner. He, right? he's yeah. Basically, he's basically, I think he's like asking. But Spender's your- not out of total whack here by saying that Mulder's jeopardizing his investigation. Right. I mean, this is like. This is what ha- is what happens when you bring Mulder in. He's always going to go a little bit off the table. He might hit someone, uh, whether it be a member of the FBI or someone that he is interrogating. Mulder is a loose cannon. I think as like low energy as he can be sometimes, he really is a loose cannon and can't do anything, including in this case, sitting down with this guy and being like, 
hey, you know, if you talk, I will offer you immunity. I won't clear with my boss first or the head of this investigation, but sure, I can make it happen. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we're going to get into Gibson showing off his powers. But first, uh, let's go order some breakfast ourselves and take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So here we are in a room full of strangers, uh, to quote the Bee Gees. <laughs> and here Gibson is doing a reenactment of the opening scene of Ghostbusters, but in a good way. Wait, what? Remembering Ghostbusters <laughs> when the you know uh, when Bankman's doing like the okay, what card am I holding up? Right oh now? yes, yes, Remember, yes, like, yes. Uh, the, the guys they're actually, doing the test. Yes, but it yeah. reminds me of that first scene in Ghostbusters. Yeah, basically, like Fowley wants to have him tested for his psychological psychology. No, psychic psych- psychic abilities, his I mean, psychological abilities. Yeah, I mean they're psychological as well. But yeah, he's he's not only reading the cards, he's predicting what people had for breakfast which is odd that seems a little more i mean i guess maybe he asked off camera like think about what you had for breakfast this morning because i think otherwise i don't know how you can probe into people's memories to get that information yeah exactly um but i think it's like yeah you have basic no somebody's holding it's not a memory it's like what they're seeing right then right so he probably had to ask we didn't see him ask like Hey, what did you order for breakfast this morning? But he, they probably had to. Because again, it's not I him. I guess. He's or not- they were just thinking about it. <laughs> they were all thinking yeah. about breakfast at the exact same time. Yeah, maybe they were all hungry for lunch. Meanwhile, poor blood sucking lawyer is gonna get a note handed to him on a cigarette box that says, You're a dead man. Yeah, it's not even on the box, it's on like the wrapper. Yeah, they they, they took <laughs> the, apart the morally wrapper. Yeah, and then wrote on it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's an odd thing where the guard's like, I've got a note for you. It's a piece of garbage. Here you go. Scully's gonna visit the lone gunman. I do like the effect that A, apparently I didn't realize this that the lone gunmen sleep. In their lair? I think some of them do. <laughs> I mean, they all do. They were in, like, little cute little PJs yeah, when Scully yeah, visits yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, It's, like, their their little vibe. And I love the, the effect that they had, like, seven locks on the door. Yeah, because they're paranoid. And ba- Like, we get it. <laughs> exactly. But basically, Scully's visiting them to provide these test results and be like, is he really psychic? Is yeah, exactly. True? Is he psychic or is there something else going on here? Um, this is where she also gets the intel about Dana. Yeah, this is where we Diana, find Diana, Diana, Dave. There's it's the same Scully too, basically, yeah. where she has a pass with Mulder. Basically, and we get this pairing scene with Fowley talking to uh, to Mulder. Yeah, with, we get this scene where they're like uh, like holding hands, kind yeah, of. And she's like, 
you got to stay away from that Scully. She's not as open-minded as she should mm-hmm. be. You deserve better, Moldy. Yeah, which is why we don't like her, because Scully would never say that about her. Yeah, and it's also like... It's petty. I, and it feels just more so like less a character and more so to like... A trope, fill, yeah. yeah. To less story beat, really. Yeah, like, oh, we want her to be a little bit of a bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, because she's got to be the wedge between the two of them and their uh-huh, true love. Uh-huh. But I, they also like this is a weird scene though from Scully's perspective because when she leaves the lone gunman she she basically finds out some shit. Yeah, she says she calls Mulder like trying to sort of like. Uh, no, but first she goes. She just immediately goes back to the facility and is going to walk in and give him the yeah, test she, results. She, but she like sees them kind of like close together and is like, I guess jealous. Yeah, it's it's a weird. <laughs> I can't read character. her fair her yeah her face doesn't tell me then anything. She decides to clickbait Mulder and is like, Hey Mulder. I've got something to deliver to you. I think you'll be very surprised, but I won't say anything else. Yeah, and she's like, he's like, oh, just come to the facility. And she's like, no, just meet me at work. Like, she doesn't want to see Diana Fowley, I guess, but it's weird. But they also work together. (laughs) Yeah, no, but like, she means like, oh, come back to the office. She doesn't want to see her immediately, I guess. I don't know. But as, as she's pulling out, in comes Jeffrey Spender and father and son finally come face to face. Yeah, this is where. I guess he followed Spender or he was just waiting there. Yeah, like, I'm assuming uh, the latter because, you know, when he's going to show up later at the FBI, right? He's like, he grabbed both like, oh, I have access. Uh-huh. So maybe it's just like, I have access to the parking garage. Yeah, maybe. I suppose. And basically he's like, uh, hey, I know you didn't answer my, my letters, but here I am. Let me give you some unsolicited advice. Yeah. So earlier in the episode, he meets him in the hallway and says that he's the one that got him on the case, but he doesn't. No, him- he says that later in the episode. Right, but he meets him in the hallway and tells him, like, he has access. That's later in the episode. Oh, so he tells him he's his dad first? No, that's that's later in the episode. So what happens here? Here, he says, let me give you some advice. You know, know what pieces you have on the board. Oh, right, yeah, because Mulder sees him talking with him and is like, who is that? Who yeah. is that? And he's like, I don't know who that is. He's like, it legitimately is just some A guy. A mysterious man approached me in a parking lot. Yeah. Wouldn't you talk to him? But yeah, basically, the cigarette smoking man's going to be like, you, you're a chip off the old block, you know, be like me, pursue your own self-interest. And Jeffrey Spender's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. And no, I'm not like you, mysterious man. Yeah, it's very weird. It's a weird, weird flex there from well, him. I think it's just a reminder of, again, how maybe the cigarette smoky man viewed right. Spender as like, this is my protege. This is the heir apparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it seems very clear that Jeffrey Spender, much like we talked about in the first episodes, he shows up like, He's trying to go the more normal route with everything. It's weird to me because Jeffrey Spender is clearly like who he is now. The cigarette smoking man is like dedicated to like helping, but like that was Mulder for a long time. So yeah. like, what? Yeah, I guess is there. <laughs> did a- he not know he had a son? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Is there a point in time where he found out about his son, or did Jeffrey Spender like just join remember. the FBI? And well, so he- yeah, he's but he's younger too, so he's an up and coming agent. So maybe he was just waiting for his son to show <laughs> to up to graduate like, school. I guess. Like, okay, great. Now I can finally you know go into the nepotism. So strange. Angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's also the whole thing too, right? Where we didn't know for a while if if Mulder was the cigarette smoking right, man's right, son. Right. So. Yeah. So we're going to find out, we're going to, Scully's going to finally make this big reveal mm-hmm. that essentially Gibson's showing abnormal activity in what's referred to as like the God part of the brain. Yeah. So I guess this part of the brain is like not used. And when it yeah. is used, you have like special abilities. Or right. They, they invoke several names of like super geniuses who are been able to utilize their brain power in either more or different ways yeah. than us normies. And Gibson is one of them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and Mulder believes that he can basically unlock all the mysteries of the X-Files because this of is this. is a wild jump from both Mulder and Scully from my perspective of this kid is the key to everything. Yeah, well, and I think later in the episode they talk about how he's the missing link more than anything, and which I get. That makes sense to me. That he makes has, more sense he, to me. Because genetic code and all of that, blah, 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 blah. But, but I feel like we've experienced so many alien-human hybrids. And not all, not all the X-Files have to do with aliens. Exactly. Sometimes they're just weird shit. Oh, yeah. How does this explain uh, Clyde Bruckman? Yeah, it, d- it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It's a, a big umbrella claim for Mulder and Scully to be like, and it's very much, I think it's very much screams to me, like, setting up a movie or or just like finale thing right yeah this is the mcguffin this will be the key to each and everything yeah all 100 episodes we've done so far and also setting up how like it's a it's a big macro concept so like that's a more of a movie idea yeah exactly but fally basically says well listen this might be your skeleton key but it might you know, it might, some, might lead to some skeletons. Yes. Like if you go in front of the attorney, she basically says, if you go in front of the attorney general and you say that this kid is what he is, that you think he is like, they're going to close you down. Yeah, like a hundred percent. It's going to draw so many unwanted, so much unwanted attention yes, to the X-Files. That, yeah. Cause right now they're flying under the radar. They're able to do it. They, they're like, what does she say? She says, it's like, uh, it's like an allowance. It's like, yeah, a, it's basically this idea of, well, they're not doing any harm. Yeah, so let, let exactly. them just do their thing. Yeah, but if they, if they go down this road, they'll probably be told they need to stop. So Mulder is going to now go to the shooter again, mm-hmm. offering him immunity. And this is where Bloodsucking Lawyer makes this confirmation, right? Yes. That Gibson is genetic proof, the missing link. It's basically confirmed that he is a hybrid, right? So I think what he, they're telling us now is that he is the missing link. In that he's like has genetic material of whatever aliens existed here before they left. Right. They talked about the astro, the early alien astronauts, right? Yeah. So, like, you know how they, the whole idea of colonization is that there were aliens on this planet, the ice core. Yes. And then they left during the ice age because they couldn't survive. Right. And then now they're trying to come back. They're trying to come back to be like, let's take back what's ours. There's genetic material that was left here that that's what's in Gibson, I guess. So, yeah. So basically, maybe that's... Or that's what they're saying. Yeah. So that's the confirmation of, like we said, not everything in the X-Files, but at least like the big mythological Mm -hmm. idea. At least further, further proof that like the aliens existed on this planet and they're that the whole them trying to come back thing is like neither here nor there but meanwhile the syndicate's going to confront this the syndicate's really like has so many sticks up their butts this oh and episode. then oh but also Mulder says that the genes that gibson has all humans have because we're yeah. all descendant from aliens oh but, that's an interesting but ours are dormant right ours yeah <laughs> mine but, and yours i mean it could be like an x-men thing right no like, exactly like mutants like the next evolution but no 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 okay x-files men uh but we get a small scene here where the syndicate's like how dare you? Mulder's going to the Justice Department now because of you. And Cigarette Smoking mm-hmm. Man's like, just you wait. It's all a game. Yeah, and he's like, this is not a game. <laughs> yeah, it is to me. I don't care anymore. No, clearly. Clearly you don't. <laughs> this is where we get this next scene where Scully and Fowley are going to like be... Oh, but before that, the shooter is killed by a shooter in prison. Yeah, be like, oh, I got another note for you, except there's no note, bang. Dead. <laughs> uh, so Scully is going to be hiding out with Gibson. This is where we get Gibson now watching King of the Hill. Yeah. Pr- uh, did we talk about how he was watching The Simpsons? Yes. Were you not here for that? Wow. 
Wow. Oh, my God. Maybe your memories have been probed. You know, it's been a long week for me. <laughs> it has been a long week. Uh, so this is when we get Gibson to talk about before, about like, oh, I like chess because yeah. people don't double talk. You know, the pieces do the talking. I do like how when they pan to him watching King of the Hill, he goes, this is a great show. We don't uh, get this where I'm from. Only on the Fox Network. Yeah. They're like, man, what great content we have here. <laughs> and he's just like, we don't get this where I am. Yeah, well, this is, this is a weird thing. So he said... When he was watching The Simpsons, like he doesn't get this in the Philippines. Yeah. What's that story? Why was he in the Philippines? I think you'll learn more about that. Okay. Well, I, I'd assumed it was like he was part of, he was like housed on some military I, base maybe, or something. I don't remember. Uh, so basically, Fowley is going to take over from Scully and like the dolt she is, fall asleep on the job. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Not, not even not greater. She's going to see Gibson on the window being like, oh, there's a shooter here. And she says, you know, get down. And he's like, oh, it's not for me. It's for you. And she's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Gibson could have said that quicker. Yeah, well, maybe he didn't uh, appreciate yeah. the fact that she fell asleep and was not good conversation. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. So he, he clearly prefers Scully. So this is the beginning of the end of the end, as it were. Yes. Now we can start to see, like, things absolutely fall apart. Yeah. Because first, Fowley is now, like, in critical condition. Mm -hmm. Not dead yet, but it's not looking good. Yeah, she's, like, not awake, for sure. Meanwhile, Mulder's gonna find out that also the shooter is dead. He, They say, oh, they found this blank cigarette box, and he's immediately going to suspect the cigarette-smoking man. Yeah. Well, I think the issue also is that when Mulder goes to the Attorney General to get this sort of pardon for this guy, mm -hmm. he alerts them to the fact that this guy exists. Yeah. And so then they kill him yeah so then we also find out that this the people that took out Fowley mm -hmm. quote-unquote were part of the cigarette smoking man's yes. entourage and that they took Gibson uh now Gibson so he sure just like drops off Gibson with the syndicate yeah. right and the syndicate's like all right your job is done and cigarette smoking man's like no 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 it's just beginning now <laughs> you've called me out of retirement yeah basically like you came to me you can't just send me away. And of course, we get this frustrating moment, right? Where Cratch is like, I could literally, this is again out of Austin Powers, yeah. right? Like, I have a gun in my room. I yeah. can just shoot him right here, right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they're going to say, we're going to trap you in the, the room with one guard and the, the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the rabid eels with the lasers on their heads or whatever. Uh, so they're just going to drive away. But Mulder, is going to see the cigarette box mm -hmm. and try to put what he thinks is two and two together. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> no, he's going to, because he saw Spender talking with him in the yeah. parking garage, he <laughs> approaches Spender, throws him up against the wall, and rubs yeah, the Mulder, box on his face. Mulder has rage issues. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to be like, you'll be prosecuted for murder. Your mm -hmm. hands are coated with blood on this. Yeah, totally. And so... Surprise, surprise, this time, despite all the other things that Mulder has done, like, this one actually sticks. Yeah, so, I, yeah, the, I don't know. Mulder here is, like, very confusing to me. They're trying to set him up as this, like, um, like leading man, so he does a lot of stuff that's, like, very, like, bravado-y, mm -hmm. but I don't love it. Yeah, so now we sort of get, like, an exposition from Scully via phone call as right. Mulder's just sort of laid out on the couch. Once again... Stop me if you've heard this before. The X-Files is being shut down, mm -hmm. and Mulder and Scully are being reassigned. And it's all part of the big plan, Mulder says. Yeah, though, again, this this very much reeks to me of the end of season one. Yes. It's very much when you watch, like, Making the Band, and Diddy's like, I'm shutting the band, mm -hmm. shutting the studio down. But 
Then we see the smoking man go to the X-Files office, mm-hmm. take Samantha's file out, and then burn it to the ground. So Samantha's folder, was that just like a case that yeah, Mulder her, had? It's Samantha's X-File. Okay, it's it's the, a, I was I didn't know if it was the the file that he took from all those filing cabinets I imagine in the that's mining facility. In, that's probably inside that file. Yeah, file. This is Mulder's file about Samantha, which probably has other files. Folders in within folders. And so yes. this is this thing that you mentioned before, where cigarettes... Like, he basically... Find Spender in the hallway. Yeah. He's like, uh, I'm your dad. Yeah. Hey, do you smell smoke? Yeah, and then the fire alarm goes off and he disappears. This was, this is pretty, not like graphic. Yeah, like you said, very sad and dark. Yeah, especially when you see the poster. Yeah, the poster in Flames, I think, really did it for me. Of like, mm-hmm. this was all of their work. And this was really, I think, just the cherry on top of this poo-poo Sunday of, you know, they they lost this kid that could have been the link to everything. This woman comes back into Mulder's yeah. life, and now she's nearly dead. Yeah. They, the X-Files is getting shut down, and even before he could clear out his office, everything has been burned down. Yeah. No, it's very... It sucks. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, like, you see that in the performances. Like, Mulder, I'm sure, is just shocked and stone-faced, but, like, Scully is, like, very emotional about this. Yeah. And she just yeah. hugs Mulder. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, Scully has a weird episode here, because she's, like, very, like, about... Her, I don't want to say fighting she's Diana Fowler. Yeah, she's in her feels, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it's all just sucks. It does suck, and it, it really sets up rock bottom for this mm-hmm. duo. As they, I, I will admit, I'm intrigued to see where they go from this. Like we know inevitably that the X Files are going to open back up. You know, last time this happened, it was through all these these garbled you know yeah. uh, like you mentioned in our intro right the the alien signals mm-hmm. to the radio station in the beginning of season 2 was what yeah. brought them back on board i'll be intrigued to see with so much other mythos now that's that has brought us so much forward from season 2 i'll be intrigued to see like Will it be a returning character that brings them back into the fold will it be a mysterious new person who says i you i need your help well, we'll find out, I guess. Yeah, so next time we are doing X-Files Fight the Future. Is that the name of the first I film? I think that is the... Oh, my good yeah. God. I think the next one is just X-Files the movie. Well, because I think cause it's, I think it's X-Files Fight the Future is the first one. I think mm-hmm. the second one is X-Files I Want to Believe. Oh, yeah, something like that. But basically, I think people just refer to it as the X-Files movie. Yeah. Um exciting i'm excited for this this will be our first time doing a movie recap but we're not just doing that yeah because you recommended that we also do season six episode one the beginning yeah it all leads into it and i think what we can do is we'll watch both of those and we'll we'll spend most of our time on the movie but and then kind of end it with the beginning which will lead us into season six so that's interesting though because Again, if the intention behind this was... Well, oh, the the initial intention. Right. So this wasn't expressly, at the time it was produced, being like, we're going to spin things off. Oh, crap, now we have to come back. This no. is more so like, well, we can still use this idea, but we have the intention of coming back for season six. Yeah, I think it was like, we would love to... I think it was all sort of planned out, and then they were like, no, you can't stop. It's too <laughs> lucrative for us as, as a network, so you must continue. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, again, this is like an odd stuffed sandwich right of two episodes <laughs> like a giant amount of meat yeah in the yeah of a movie yeah but i think you'll like it it's i mean it's a mo- it's not a today movie it's a 90s movie so yeah. it is only like an hour and a half listen we're talking all about <laughs> 90s movies today so i think we're we're in for it 
Yeah. So we should also mention Spook of the Week. I can imagine that's Gibson, right? No, I um, if Crychuck's in it, he's the spook. <laughs> that's the, that's your rule. Yeah, he's the rule. He's the spookiest. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna. Gibson's say, too good. I'm gonna say Gibson because I think purposely he's supposed to be kind of like spooky, spooky in the way that Mulder is. But spooky it's, Mulder. it's said with love. Look, he has great taste in animated television. I so don't know. again, next week I know this was a bit of a shorter podcast as we did two episodes, but we're doing a double header next week and a big double header at that. We're covering the movie and the first movie, I should say, and then we're covering season six, episode one, the beginning. I'm sad to leave season five behind. I really yeah, like season Yeah, it's a great five. season. I love it. I think that it's one of the best, but... I think season five... Season six is good, too. You'll like season six. Yeah, I think season five sort of has what a lot of what I wanted from the yeah. X-Files, where I think yeah. season three had some, like, interesting, kind of goofy things. Season four was well done, but dark beyond Very all dark, imagination. Yeah. And this Much was more serious. And this was sort of like a mixture between the two, right? Like, yeah. you had... Things like post uh, postmodern Prometheus and, yeah. and Bad Blood, which were a little more on the lighter side. Love those. But then you have, you know, all this like cr- the Christmas Carol mm-hmm. Emily stuff, which is emotional. So you have a lot of time travel stuff. Yeah, and I think, listen, listen like I maybe uh, I have been uh, persuaded by your opinions, but I think this might be my favorite season so far. Hey, we'll see. Hey, so again, next week, the movie season six, episode one, you know how to write into us. Our offices aren't burned down. Bloom files, a post Yeah, hopefully I didn't manifest something. X files, a post recaps.com. You can also tweet us at Ange Pelagi at a Mike Bloom type at post show recaps. Thank you all so much for listening as we knock another season down five seasons down four to go uh, as we approach the, the second half, I suppose, or a new beginning of mm-hmm. the X-Files. So I was so excited to get into it next week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Corey B for his fantastic theme music. We'll talk to you all next week. Until then, case closed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.